Welcome back to What's Good Games, Dance Move, courtesy of Alexa Ray Korea, who is joining me. Sorry, not sorry. From our studio here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, welcome back to the show. It's our post E3 show. We all survived. I would say we all made it back, but Christine Steimer, you're still in Los Angeles. I am, because I live here. It's beautiful there, though, isn't it? You love it. Oh, yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, Miss Brittany Brombacher is also joining us. Hello. Hello. Hi. I love that you have your little Mario guy dressed up in our WGG hat. Mario Part of our merchandise prototyping that we are doing. We hope to bring you guys some What's Good Games merchandise in the very near future. Um, I want to give a little disclaimer. We've heard some comments uh, for people who watch the video version of this show saying that you guys would like us to uh, adjust our graphics package to essentially make our videos bigger on the screen and the borders smaller. And I want you to know that we hear you. We are working on it. We will probably take another week or so to implement those changes, but uh, know that your feedback has been received and uh, it's a work in progress. So now that that's out of the way, um, I'd like to start off the show by giving a plug to one of our fantastic sponsors, TakeThis.org. Did you know, Alexa Ray, that one in four people in America deals with a mental health issue? I did not know that. One in four. That's 25% of the population. Talking about mental health symptoms is the fastest way to find hope and healing. But the stigma of mental health issues makes a lot of people feel like they have to suffer in silence, which is never a good thing. Take This helps by letting people know it's okay to not be okay. And there's help. Visit TakeThis.org for stories from people like you, advice from mental health care experts, and tips for how to help people you love who might be struggling. Take This. It's dangerous to go alone. That, of course, a wonderful Legend of Zelda reference. That was great. That's cute. So thank you, uh, Take This, for supporting our show. If you guys have any questions or concerns or anything at all, please visit their website. They are a bunch of fantastic people who run that organization. They are wonderful. Uh, Another site we would love for you to visit patreon.com slash what's good games thank you to all of our patrons out there who are listening and watching the show this week we love and care for you we think you're wonderful we have some cool exclusive content that's going to be going live next week for everyone who got paid up for um the month of may which we're really excited about if you guys want to get in on that you can find all the details on our reward tiers on patreon.com slash what's good games you can subscribe to us on itunes hey guys even if you don't listen on itunes it would be really awesome if you could rate and subscribe to us there it would really help us out we'd Please. greatly appreciate it mm-hmm. thank you um and of <clears> course <throat> we've also got our youtube.com slash what's good games account you can catch all of our video and uh you can follow us on twitter at what's good games so enough with the plugs <laughs> ladies is everybody doing okay we survived e3 we did it we our did voices are mostly back Britney's Britney's shell shocked. (laughs) (laughs) No, it flew. What's today? Wednesday. Yes, today is Wednesday. So I'm trying to think. What were we doing a week from today? You mean a week? Panicking. We were on the Facebook Live stage. Uh, We talked to a bunch of people. I believe you went to go see Techland. Um, You also saw Namco Bandai. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's just hard to believe that was a week ago. I feel like that was it was a week ago. ago. Yeah. It was indeed. It was. Like another world, another time. But we're here. It is sort of like a weird black hole of your life, isn't it? (laughs) Black hole. E3. (laughs) Everything just gets sucked into it, and then you leave, and you're like disoriented, and you don't know what just happened. But 
That's true. I always feel like I never talk to anybody who doesn't exist outside the video games yep. business that entire week. It's like, mom, dad, friends, if you don't work in video games, it's just like, yeah, can't, I have like can't deal. four friends' birthdays and my dad's birthday during E3. Yikes. And That's a lot I of always, responsibility. I'm like, I know. All I do is like, I'm like, all I can do is text you and you have to know that that's all I am able to give you at this point in time. Yeah, <laughs> I make like, it a so point. Friends, I love you. I make it a point at least once a day during E3 to send my mom a simple text that says nothing but I'm alive and I love you. And that's all she needs. She knows that's all she's getting. Oh, God. <laughs> because we, we text well, a lot and talk more than a lot. My mom gets. We'll see. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really happy to be eating regular meals again. Ooh, and like yeah, not eating is great. Living off granola bars. Yeah, I um, I don't think I, I I went four days without having dinner. I was very sad. We brought you that. Brittany did bring that emergency chicken strip. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a great story. So I gave it to if, Andrea. <laughs> if you guys have watched any of our coverage over the last week, you might have seen that we had the opportunity to live stream Sea of Thieves from the Xbox booth at E3, and right before we went live. Brittany, very kindly, and this is so quintessential E3. I was like, I'm starving. I haven't eaten. I need something. She brings me a single chicken tender wrapped in napkins. <laughs> it's like, here, I have brought sustenance for you. I remember I had initially, I had initially specifically requested one chicken strip for Brittany. And she like gave it to me like she was side handing someone like a packet of cocaine. She was like, here, I brought it. And it was just like a chicken strip. So you arrived. Did she like, like pull a blue jacket? it was like the holy grail and we're like rationing our snacks so we're just like andrew you need this way more than any of us right now <laughs> like, take the chicken help me. eat the chicken out. chicken strip to the rescue well, the best thing magical, about E3 food is that you haven't eaten and so it all tastes phenomenal so i treated that chicken strip like i said like it was mm. the holy grail because at that point it was the holy grail that's i don't think it's pretty damn good chicken strip better oh, Oh, it was but good. But I do think you're just so grateful to eat anything that you're like, yep, this is Oh, it fine. tasted good. Brittany and I had a grilled cheese at, what's that place called? Tom's something? Tom's Urban. <clears throat> Tom's, yeah, Tom's Urban, Urban had a grilled cheese that was like the best. It was just a greasy ass, like the cheese was half cooked. It was fine, but it was like the best grilled cheese I'd ever had in my life. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> so um, before we get into the news, um, I wanted to show off these cool little Pixel Pals that we got in the mail from our friends at PDP. They're super so, cute. So um, this one is... Um, as you can see, it's Harley Quinn. And the one in my right hand is uh, the Joker. Joker. Now, for people who are w- listening to this and not watching, they light up. So I just Whoa. turned I turned it on. Like it's, it's a little bit hard to see on the video here, but they're really kind of cool little lights. They're battery operated. So it's um, a so cool our night light. PDP sent these over. They have um, a bunch of different characters involved, but uh, I wanted to show these off because we have... An extra one, and they just might make their way into the Patreon care packages for Ooh. July. So if you guys Ooh. haven't checked out that mm-hmm. tier on our Patreon, it is, of course, a tier full of random awesome merch. Um, if you want to get in, uh, you might be able to get your hands on one of these bad boys in your box. So ah, I just want to show said. that real quick. Um, <laughs> Brittany! <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, you guys also need to know that we had a little bit of a, a 
an, a softening cocktail. At least uh, Alexa and that I was did. Not a softening cocktail. <laughs> Brittany did. We may have been troubleshooting for a little while before we got everything up and running for this show, but we're here now. We made it. Everything is a okay. So let's get into the news, shall we? <laughs> uh, the first story. The first story that I'd cool. like to talk about. Uh, this week is Final Fantasy 15 episode prompto. Woo! Got a new trailer and a release date, which is coming out on Jul- excuse me June 27th. In it prompto, Final Fantasy 15's gunslinging hero is searching for the truth of his origin out in a frigid Arctic setting. This is the first time the character is playable in Final Fantasy 15. It is part of the season pass, which is 24.99, and it includes six episodes in all, plus an all new gameplay mode in the season pass. So. I loved that you, Alexa Ray, called this Metal Gear Prompto. Metal Gear Prompto. <laughs> Why you say that? It does look like that. So if you watch the trailer, so Final Fantasy Fifteen is a is a third person. When you're in you're in battles, it's third person. So you're playing as Noctis, but you're watching the whole screen. Prompto of the four boys. Prompto is the guy with the guns. So his a lot of his gameplay that we have seen is. Some, it's either first person E or it's over the shoulder. Like there's a lot of instances in the gameplay where you get a larger gun. Uh, there's a bazooka in the trailer like a, or in like a rocket launcher. And you actually get to, instead of just uh, fighting as you would with sort of like swords as you do in most of Final Fantasy 15, you have him actually stopping and aiming his gun and shooting. So there's a little bit of a shooter element to this to this particular version to this particular DLC. They also show him, Brittany, I, you, you saw the trailer too. Is oh, he yeah. Like sne- he's like sneaking around and like taking people down from behind and like choking them. And there's like oh. stealth stuff. Like there's like big monsters. Big monsters. Big monsters. Aranea's back. What's oh. going on? So Prompto's my boy. I cried admittedly the first time I saw this. It's, it's stupid and it's emotional, but it's a thing that happened. Yeah, so... He obviously he isn't he wasn't brought up among like the royal family like Iggy and Gladdy. That's why he is the guy with the guns, and that's why he is shooting all of the things. What I noticed out of all of this was the fact that he had some intense ninja moves. Did you see that shit? Like high kicking. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's like. He's like. I'm sorry. We're not. We're not laughing at you. Our unnamed producer. Maybe giving Mario a starring role in an upcoming shot of this podcast. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm really scared. I'm really scared. Um, no, so I, I was hesitating because last time the ladies would start laughing, for those of you listening, it was because Steimer's internet crapped out and she would be frozen in a random frame. So I was like eyes shifting over to Steimer to see if she was stuck. That's why I was hesitating. Still there. Still here. She's not anyway, yeah, so he She's has great. Some- She's not stuck. He has some badass yeah. ninja moves, and he drives a snowmobile, and he looks very... I think Prompto will, like... This is going to be the part, I hate saying this, turns into a man. You know what I mean? It's like he's this little, like, Prompto sheepish... becomes a man. Yeah, he's this little sheepish boy among all the group, among the group. And then I think after this, we're going to see, like, that moment where he's just like... Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed I'm, that it's not called Promptolius. <laughs> Episode Promptolius. No. <laughs> um... I'm really excited for for this DLC because, and Brittany, maybe you feel differently than I did about episode Gladiolus, but episode Gladiolus was kind of disappointing and felt like it was, oh, we have to make an episode for Gladio. Let's put it out now. And like, even just the trailer for episode Prompto looks way more interesting and way more promising from a narrative perspective yes. and a gameplay perspective than Gladiolus did. So I'm super, super, super jazzed for episode Prompto because of that. And the other reason is my favorite female character in that entire game, Aranea, 
Like the uh, only is, I guess, female pl- character in that entire yeah, game? Pretty much. Unless you count Gladys' thirsty little sister. Or Luna. Ooh, as like a main character. She's thirsty, huh? There, she's a very thirsty. Oh, yeah. She's very I thirsty. She just wants to bang Noctis. Um, I mean, but, can you blame her? <laughs> I mean, he's kind <laughs> he's of like sad all the time. He's a sad man. Noctis is a sad ones. boy. He's very emo. Um, but I'm really excited for it because all of that together just looks really great. And I know that episode prompto, I mean, gathering from what the developers have said about it and from what I've heard from staff themselves, because I've talked to the staff a bunch of times, I seem like it seems like a lot of love went into episode prompto. Uh, I actually met prompto himself last week at E3. <laughs> and he, Ooh, <laughs> Hi, Robbie, are you watching? Um, Fancy. Robbie's listening. And he seemed really excited about it and was just like, do you want to know how it ends? So like, I guess You're like, it's, no spoilers. No, shut up, dude. <laughs> um, but I guess it's it was a project that was near and dear to the team's heart and sounds really exciting, mm. uh, both from the story and then from the look we get to mash up the final fantasy gameplay and make it like a shooter thing we're actually going to stream it next week hopefully yeah we'll be streaming it on thursday episode promptolius and alexa will be playing i will be drinking and probably crying crying. crying. (laughs) and it'll be good it'll be very exciting christine looks like um, she's dead i it's more i'm just uh, it's prompto (laughs) it's prompto land (laughs) but that's um, a good land you got an issue i want to know at what point is this after this main story takes place? Is this like an after? Is this an after add-on or is it a free thing? What, where, is the, where in the timeline does this fall? So without spoiling it, there's a segment of the game and like Gladiolus had this too. There's a segment of the game where Prompto is no longer with the main group of boys. So oh, that's no. when this takes place. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to spoil so you get it. To see where it. You should okay. play it. I yeah. mean, I've got things to do, but yes, I should. I'm giving you homework, Christine. <laughs> This is your homework. I All right, you're the, the lady. You mean okay. like I get to play a game with a bunch of hot dudes in it? Okay. <laughs> uh, twist my arm. Okay, next story. Diablo 3 Rise of the Necromancer DLC has been announced. Modeled after Diablo 2's Priest of Rathma, the Necromancer class allows players to consume essence from downed enemies and take direct control of undead creatures. The DLC launches globally on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC next Tuesday, June 27th, and will set you back 15 smackaroos. Ooh. Well, <clears throat> crickets. No, <laughs> Steimer, no, no. You're, the, you're the Diablo person, right? I mean, I enjoy. I mean, I like Diablo. Diablo. I just yeah. haven't picked it up in a long time. I, I mean, I guess this is a, a good way to like kind of jump back in uh, yeah, to this class. game. This is the game we could play together, ladies. God, good day. Uh, so I've played Diablo three twice, and every time I've played as a barbarian, I did have the chance to go hands on with the necromancer at PAX East. I believe it was. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, PAX East. So that was several months ago, and since then my brain has been logged with many other things. So this is kind of nothing but a hazy memory at this point. But I remember the Necromancer was really fun to play because there's a balance of sorts because she feeds off of blood and life. And so you have to gather blood and then use that blood to attack. It's awesome. And so I'm thinking I'll try it because I... It's like a blood mage. Yeah, there you go. So I played Diablo (laughs) 3, like I said, twice all the way through. But I always tend to get bored toward the end because I only play Barbarian because that's my class. But Necromancer seems different enough that it could make the experience enticing all the way through again. So I'll try it. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, it gives you a nice excuse to jump back into Diablo. Uh, It's been a long time since there's been any sort of content for that game that has intrigued me to this point, so I'll play it. I'm excited for the Necromancer, but I kind of want a new expansion, 
I'm just putting that out there. More story. More Diablo. Do you want a new expansion or do you want a new Diablo? Yeah, Dang. that's a good question. I mean, I mean you won't get I mean, one for a while because they, they wouldn't do that. It's been long enough, though. 2012 yeah, that game came out. But Blizzard really likes to milk a single game iteration by are, putting out expansions. There's only I mean, been We're talking three. like a decade, right, have, between yeah. new iterations. Mm-hmm. They like doing games as a service, so put out one and then just update it for a very long time, which I appreciate, that model. Yeah, yeah. I just want more Diablo. I don't care how it comes. Just I want it to be kind That's of thing what she that exists. Said. Ah, I was wondering if you're going to say mean, anything. Good timer. God damn it! That that almost works. There. Damn it! Well, yeah. if you cut the sentence off earlier, she kept going. So then, it, and that sounds <laughs> it's it's fine. Okay, next story. So this one was kind of an interesting one. So Sega has announced Sega Forever. Classic games are coming to your iOS and Android device. Each game will be available for free. You can then pay. $1.99 to turn the ads off in the game. It will include modern features like cloud saves, Bluetooth controller support, and online leaderboards. Sega notes, however, that you can still play each game offline. At launch, five Sega Genesis games will be available, including the original Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic, Comic Zone, Altered Beast, Kid Chameleon, and Fantasy Star 2. Uh, what's quote the point from of- a company spokesperson says as the Sega Forever collection expands through the months and years it will include both official emulations and ported games that pan all Sega console eras each adapted specifically for mobile devices while remaining faithful to the original games what's like who's the point excited what's the point Sega Forever <laughs> the point is that you can play older games on your phone Brittany but wh- great but why we're not boat. trying to be negative nancy no no here, no but, we're not um, and this is a legit question i mean i there are millions of other platforms i can play sonic on or probably a lot of these games like the last place i want to play them is on my phone well maybe you're not everyone. i mean so counterpoint <laughs> yeah yeah counterpoint as someone who used to do the like i get up at 7 a.m and commute for an hour and then leave at 5 p.m and then commute for an hour Having like that's how I got I, that's how I fell into the Fire Emblem Heroes hole because exactly. it was something to do for an hour. Um, so I can imagine this would appeal to those kind of people, the people that are that are you know maybe traveling and then come home and are like too tired or have too much work going on to like boot up their PlayStation and play a Sonic or whatever. So I can see who this is appealing to. Yeah, um, Plus, not everybody which can is, afford which is like, great. a Vita or a Switch, but they can you know they do have a phone. Right. So the fact that they could play a, a quote unquote regular game. Right. On their phone, I think would be appealing to them. No, that's fair. But also, like, but also, like, what is Sega doing? <laughs> that, that I don't know. Well, like, I mean, they have like, obviously they have new Sonic games coming out. I mean, they right. showed those games off at E3, right? And they but, were good. Christine but, and I played Sonic. Which one? Sonic Forces. Yeah. And it was good. The yeah. new one, that one. I don't remember or which Sonic one it Mania. was. Because the there was new two. one, the one where everything is on fire and Sonic is gritty and Shadow's back for some fucking reason. But like, well, it's it's and it, it, it was good. And it was good. But yeah. I, I I just feel like like bringing them to phone is like an easy move. I know there's a lot of games in their backlog that like people want to see localized or want to see elsewhere. So I'm just like, and a dollar ninety nine for no ads bad, is like it's a great price. So I think that will yeah. end up you know. People will pay for that. I would pay for that. So, hmm. I'd pay for it for Sonic only. Yeah, I was going to say really actually just for me. Sonic, Fantasy but. Star. <laughs> but Fantasy Star. No, is that was that your thing back in the day? I like Fantasy Star. Is there a Genesis game? 
that you would want to see come to this program? I have one in Aladdin. my mind. That's the one I was That's thinking it. of. That's the only one I want. Give me Aladdin and you can take all of my dollars. Like, whatever. <laughs> Aladdin costs 100 US dollars. The rest costs two. Would, <laughs> it's a Disney licensing. Okay. Put it if, on. Give me Aladdin they, on my phone. If they bring Crystal's ponytail, I will buy it. What is, what is that? Ponytail. <laughs> no one knows what this game was. Andrea uh, knows. No, oh, I think you? I remember this game. Oh, okay. So it was like a storybook fantasy, looks like a Disney movie game, and you were this pony, and it was a platformer, and it's it was not a very good game at all. But when you're young and you're easily impressed, it was fantastic for what it was. Um, and what was the best part of this game was that you could customize the color of your pony's mane and her tail. And you had to go save all of your pony friends, and there was quirky music, and it was glorious. And that's like one of my favorite Genesis games. Even though it wasn't that good of a game, was I this can't wait for you to replay that and realize how garbage it is. I should play that for one of our streams if Steimer. I can happen. Salty Steimer, <laughs> wow. Salty Steimer. Where's that Salty <laughs> Steimer graphic? She's, we need it right now. She's the one that said it. She was like, "It's not a very good game." It's but you know the nostalgia there. You can so, love okay. something. So I retract. That's not very good. That's true. Uh, you guys answered my. You answered my question, so now I understand why people would want this Sega Forever shindig. I would be really curious to know about numbers. Like, how much do they really make off of this? Um, but 199. We'll, we'll never find know. Out. We'll actually well, know. Well, no, like, <laughs> install base and numbers and all that. But we'll never probably find out. That's okay. Well, well, if, they, if it does really well, they'll release, they'll release sales numbers. But only if it does, like, you know tens or hundreds of millions of dollars so i guess we'll have to wait and see um if you guys are interested in sega forever if there's a sega game that you are particularly excited about maybe coming to the catalog why don't you let us know what that is leave us a comment below on the youtube video um hit us up on twitter you know leave us a message on our patreon page we'd love to talk to you about it uh next story there was a giant multiplayer overhaul that is now here for Pokemon Go. Uh, so we've Brittany. talked about Pokemon Go on this show before. So there are quite a new, <laughs> a few new features. Um, but I think some of the highlights from this is that there is added raid battles, which is a new cooperative gameplay experience. There are new items available for these battles. The gym features significantly have been updated to add an all new motivation system. Um, Brittany, have you checked out all of these new features and functionality? I As our resident Pokemon expert. <laughs> I haven't, but I've read about them, but it's not enough to get me back into the Pokemon Go craze. Like, $800 will not be dropped anytime soon. And the main reason <laughs> is they haven't overhauled the gameplay. It's still like a tap fest, and that's what needs to go far, far, far away. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I agree the with you, Brittany. The whole reason... Pokemon is exciting is because you have those turn-based battles and you have you can strategize what moves to use against what Pokemon. Like that's what brought me to that series when I was younger. And the raid battles sound like grade A poop. Like they're just it's it's, <laughs> grade it's the a same poop. thing. It's the same thing <laughs> where you're tap battling, but it allows ten people to tap battle at once. So it's just the same thing. Oh yeah, or ten or something. It's the same thing. And then there's a Where's the? I'm so sorry. Oh, I really hope somebody watching this video will make what I can't Diamond do just that. did into a gift. That was great. It's bad. I'm making a note this for later. This is not fun. This is not fun. Uh, Mario, no. welcome to the podcast. <laughs> no, Lexa, I agree with you. Like the strategy is what makes best. Pokemon so fun, uh, and that's. I, I mean, this is. I think raids is. It sounds like it could be a step in the right 
direction, but it's been a year yeah. since we've launched this thing, about a year, right. and this is the best you have to offer, and it's, again, not trying to be Salty Steimer here, but it's Pokemon, <laughs> so I wish, like, some right. traits. Yeah, you, you get it. You get it. Are you thinking well, it's a little, like, too little, too late? I mean... They did change the one thing where high level players would camp out in gyms and you couldn't you couldn't like have any sort of meaningful impact on a gym. And now they changed mm-hmm. it where like if your team is in control, you can feed the other players Pokemon and make them stronger or something. So the yeah. way that they changed that up so players can no longer camp is pretty good. Like that mm-hmm. was a change that needed to happen. But like the, the like you say Pokemon multiplayer I think here's my six. There's your six. Let's fuck each other up. Like, and then you get to like actually, yeah. And then you get yeah. to actually pick and choose. Like, the strategy is what makes Pokemon so interesting. There's 800 goddamn Pokemon these days because of the strategy that comes with having 800 goddamn Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So the tap fest is just not going to work. I don't know. Are you going to like take it out, Britt? Like, what? She just said she wasn't going to. No. Well, listen, no. I am Alexa listening. Ray. But are you going to try? The only thing that would get me to try would be the raids because they have private and public lobbies. And then that way, you know, if you just want to, like, fight against the super strong. So raids, how they work is that there will be a random countdown above a gym at a random time. And you and up to I think over 12 players can go fight this super strong Pokemon. Like it can be like a Machamp, for example. And at the end of that, you can try to capture it you know, like you would any other Pokemon. And that's kind of exciting. Um, and I like the idea of being able to do it with just a couple of friends if you want to, like, try to be a badass baller. Um, but, yeah, it, I'm kind of curious about that. But, again, it's the gameplay. I don't want to say it's too little too late because I might have a couple drinks and walk a boardwalk and see what happens. Uh, we could Is maybe, if you guys Br- are up for it, yeah. maybe one of us could live stream on our phone and the, uh, some other people could play and we could walk around and catch some Pokemon next Let's time we're all Let's together. Let's do it. Yes, Brittany, that would be are fun. You, that could be Are fun. you saying you only want to tap it privately with your friends? God damn it, Simer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been holding that in for so long. I can tell That's you have something to say. Want to grab your little neck and just squeeze it? Oh my god! I guess okay. I can tell you had something to say, Summer, because you had this little sheepish she grin was, on your face the whole time. That was great. I was like, like please, somebody sweat let me were say forming this. on her upper lip. <sighs> she was like, "Oh, I've got this joke coming, guys. It's gonna be so good." So we'll we'll tap it and we'll give it a tap together. You're all in town next week. All right, we'll tap it together with Pokemon. Next story: um, Detroit become human is rumored. No more. It's now coming in 2018. According to a GameSpot article, developer Quantic Dream will launch the David Cage game in 2018. They didn't give a specific date. I would guess late. PlayStation didn't mention a release window, but apparently Mr. Cage said it's coming sometime in 2018. I don't think this is that surprising. Um, I I am a little shocked that they didn't put a release window on the trailer that we saw at the PlayStation press conference. I'm not. And that he then confirmed those assets afterwards. Um, But, I mean, that sounds about right. This game has been in development for a little while now. Are you guys surprised, excited, anxious? And not anybody else. Makes me think there's a possibility it would get pushed to early 2019. Just saying. Mm. Like he I mean, might be, be a little more push that far. He might be a little more confident, <laughs> maybe than the other people. <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> because the fact that they didn't put it in there. I don't know. They they could have. Um, yeah, I mean, and, he and announced I it a week later. It's like okay. I mean, did you yeah. not have that knowledge a week ago? But yeah, 
Yeah. I'm excited for it. I heard I, it I, doesn't. I, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was, like, I was going to say, I, I would just guess it would be late. It's going to be late 2018. Like, nobody expect this in January of 2018. Like, that's not going to happen. Oh, no. I would imagine if it was Q1 or Q2, they would have announced that window right away. I mean, you want to push pre-orders as early as possible, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I did think it w- <laughs> Alexa, are you okay? <laughs> Do you see what? <laughs> yes, I see our unnamed producer is taking some creative liberties. I'm, I'm keeping it together with the, as vid- best with I the can. video stream. Uh, there is a Mario bottom to the head of a Detroit character <laughs> happening. Some kind of mashup is happening on screen. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have never watched our video version on, of the podcast, now is the time. you might want to check it out sometime. That's <laughs> youtube.com slash what's good games. Okay. So, What's your question um, about Detroit? Okay. Moving on, since this segment's Detroit. already getting kind of long. Uh, Skull and Bones is going to get a narrative campaign. Thank so God. we know that Ubisoft said that this was going to be multiplayer. That's what they focused on at E3. But now, according to a spokesperson, they will also offer a narrative campaign, which will be integrated into the game and will not be something aside of the multiplayer experience. In this campaign, players will encounter iconic characters and memorable rival pirates more details will be shared at a later date as for the e3 demo we only showed loot hunt one of our pvp modes in disputed waters we'd like to say that this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we have to show for skull and bones you don't now, want there's a titanic, obviously a titanic joke. joke in there somewhere yeah <laughs> so yeah. Oh, let's, okay we we described this this team i heard multiple times describe skull and bones as like what did you what did you call it simer serious I, business sea of thieves yeah <laughs> I did. No, this is nothing like Sea of Thieves. Well, that was bef- the that only was, thing they have in common is pirates. That was before I, like I saw how the gameplay <laughs> was. So to be fair, like I, um, that was just based on like the initial Ubisoft trailer, and then I went and saw the game, and I was like, "This is nothing like Sea of Thieves." <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay, so so question: When Skull and Bones um, debuted at the Ubisoft press conference, I was really excited for the first maybe like thirty seconds. I was thinking, like, oh, man, like, a full-fledged, like, pirate game. Oh, and then it showed the multiplayer stuff, and I was admittedly disappointed as someone who doesn't enjoy online multiplayer or PvP. So I'm wondering, and I I would love to hear your opinion on this, do you think they should have teased the single-player stuff rather than the multiplayer stuff? No, I think they wanted to go uh, multiplayer because this whole game was really inspired by people in the community saying, I would love to do ship battles. Give me more ship gameplay. I mean, it's the exact same team who created um, the water and ocean mechanics and the ship gameplay from Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. You know, Ubisoft Singapore. We get a chance to talk to um, one of them on stage at Facebook Live. And you guys can check out that interview at facebook.com slash E3Expo if you would like to hear more about that specific interview. Um, but uh, it sounds to me like they wanted to focus on PvP because that's kind of where people were really excited about the potential opportunity and they couldn't add that into Assassin's Creed at the time because they were really focusing it as a single player experience. I agree with you that I'm super excited that they're adding a single player narrative uh, campaign to this game because I really loved that mechanic in Assassin's Creed Black Flag but sometimes I just don't want to play pvp i don't want to rage quit i just want to like <laughs> right. you know shoot some cannons at rival pirate ships by myself sure yeah, I, I think love they you could guys have teased single player like more like maybe just give us a little something something and then but if continue their focus on multiplayer 
Right. Yeah, I'm wondering yeah. if they even have a little something something to tease at this point, and that's probably probably why. not. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. Well, do you think maybe that was like a oh, like do you think that that post E3 announcement was like a oh we're gonna work on it because people asked for it, or do you think it was like a thing? I'm sure it was a thing. There's no way this game was just multiplayer. And if yeah, it was, it I wouldn't mean, have been a, a sixty dollar game. Hmm. Well, I mean, not necessarily. We've seen That's sixty dollar games with less I'm content saying than multiplayer only. It but I agree be. that <laughs> agreed, agreed. Um, I mean, I love you guys, but considering the disaster that was us trying to get through Sea of Thieves, I will probably <laughs> play this game mostly by myself. So single player. But I love you all. You were the one that fired me into the ocean. Okay, look. Directed me to be fired. I was trying to drive, and you were getting drunk and playing accordions in my face. Summer, you did have a grog problem in Sea of Thieves. If no one's going to tell you, I'm here to have an intervention. You, as a pirate, needs to cut back on your grog intake. I did not throw up once, so I don't think I have a problem. <laughs> we're we're very con- very concerned. We're sending you to pirate uh, pirate AA. No, I won't. Oh my gosh, uh, what is happening on screen uh, right now? Now, now, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, listen. Um, there's one more story that somebody put into the show notes here mm-hmm. about Super Mario Odyssey. Do you want to talk about this, or should we skip it? It takes now two I'm seconds. curious. What is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who so added it? Someone posted a Twitter a Twitter picture on Facebook. That I, I was about to fuck that all up. Someone posted a picture on Twitter, of, and I have it here, and so I will show it to you ladies, and I will describe it for those of you who are just listening. Can you see it? You printed oh, yes. it, print it out? Yeah, because I'm see fucking it. fancy Wait. like that. Okay, okay so, so what is that, like a Kirby and a Mario so hat? There's, there's two photos of Kirby. There's one on the left wearing a Mario hat, and above that says Kirby has eaten bring it Mario. Closer. Can you bring it a little closer? There we yeah. go. There we Perfect. go. Perfect. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> the photo on the right has the same Kirby with a mustache, and it says Kirby has been possessed by Mario. Know the difference. And Nintendo clapped back. And they were like, um, actually, he's being captured. So Nintendo does not like the fact that we are using the word possessed. Or maybe they're just being silly tongue-in-cheek. But Alexa, I thought of you when I saw this. Because I know you have a thing with possession and cappy. Yeah, no, it's... You're totally possessing things yeah, with the absolutely. ghost and the cap. I asked... I, 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 I stalked up to Bill Treenan himself and, and asked him, Bill... Is the hat a ghost possessing a hat or is it a hat ghost? Because this is an important (laughs) distinction. And he looked at me and he said, we have nothing to announce at this time. So I never got my answer. He dodged you like a slick politician. But he did give me a cappy pin, which was very nice. Um, But when you throw that (laughs) hat in the game, the hat, like Mario's whole being, his whole being goes into his whole being. (laughs) goes into whatever you're possessing whether it be a human man or a bullet bill or a thing in the desert i don't know but like his whole person goes into it and and the 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 actual merriam-webster definition of what that action is is possession so i don't know nintendo (laughs) i don't know it's definitely possession captured is one of your like in universe made up capital pronouns it's possession. You think they don't want to use the word possession because it implies some kind of like dark derogatory yes. or evil thing. And Nintendo's yes. like, we're trying to be family friendly. A mm-hmm. thousand percent. Totally. Maybe. Yes. But you're literally a small Italian plumber with a magical hat 
becoming giant bullets and stone men <laughs> and video and, games and like creatures. Video games. Suspension yeah. of disbelief, folks. This okay. is a fantasy land. It's Alexa, possession. maybe you just are getting a little worked up about it. No. I'm right. <laughs> no, I'm right. No, I'm right. It's it's totally possession. I'm not using your fake pronouns. No, you're you're correct, Alexa. It's it's possession. It's that possession. is all. But that's fine. It's fun. It's like really fucking fun. It's the it best is. way to possess. So uh Wait, oh my gosh. I, so yeah, it's 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 possession. Um but maybe Jesus fuck. God damn it, Cyber. I've seen too many paranormal activities for you to be pulling that shit. So those Sorry. who are just listening, Christine just like made a really possessed gesture and it was not good. It's very scary. Well, we have Demon Mario. Yeah, our great. unnamed producer is um, okay. on fire today. Okay, ladies, that'll wrap up our first segment. That is the news for this week. Um, we will be right back after the short break with Hands On. We've played some games and we're going to talk about them. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Snazzy theme music. So good. Big ups to Dale North for that fantastic composition. That is the original What's Good Games theme music. Um, so now is the time where we get to talk about games that we've played. Uh, obviously, last week we played a bunch of stuff at E3, but we've played a couple things in the interim. Alexa Ray, you played Nintendo's latest release for Nintendo Switch Arms, their fighting awesome. game. Um, so I, I have spent a little bit of time with this game, but uh, let's talk about it. Tell me about your experience. So I've been playing a lot of it with my roommate. Uh, there is local multiplayer, which I love, and there's also online. You can go into, similar to Mario Kart, go into the online uh, queue and get paired up with a bunch of random people. And the whole shtick of arms is that you have arms that extend like a spring. They're like a giant coiled spring. And you use them to hit your opponent. And it's sort of like boxing over a long-range distance. Yeah, so and it's third it person for third people who person. haven't gotten to play this yet. You know, like those 15. toys, like from when you're a kid and like the yes. plastic, like, is it like those? It's those like punchy that. boxers? Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yes. But like if they had slinkies for arms. But yeah, but if they have long slinkies for arms. Okay. And, and the two things that sort of play into the strategy of arms is one, you can equip different boxing gloves that have in a effect on them like one character has a boxing glove that will freeze you in place for a few seconds so they can get in an extra hit or another one is a uh, has like an electric shock that can electrocute you and it, and if you manage to hit the other opponent with both of your arms at the same time you pull them in beat the crap out of them and then you get like an extra point and the thing to remember is when you're playing whether you're playing on a pro controller or on the controller like this or whether you're using the motion controls which I'll get to in a second, is you can curve your punch. So you're not just punching straight. Let's say I start, like I'm playing against Andrea and Andrea is in front of me and I go to punch her and she moves. While I'm my punch is in motion, I can curve it to hit her as she moves. So Ooh. you can 
you can adapt to your opponent's moves and it sort of adds a little more strategy to it. I really like playing with the pro controller. That's my favorite way to play. The motion controls take a lot of practice to get into because you can go like this, but you also have to curve. So if you're punching someone and then you want to curve your shot, you actually have to curve your literal actual human arm attached to your body that you're playing with in real life. So yeah, so like that. And then if you block, you have to you, you use the motion use the motion controls to make a cross or if you want to go this way, you have to like move them with you. The motion controls are tough to get into, but I'm having a lot of fun. My arms, my my human arms are very tired because I've been playing with the motion controls. It's like the um, Wii Sports problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I you know, at first I was like, okay, this is a really silly looking fighting game with no bloodshed, aka a Nintendo game that has um that just has a really beautiful art style. I really like it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It actually has a surprisingly deep amount of uh, mechanical gameplay for a fighting game. Uh, What I found to be interesting was the people that I talked to from uh, Nintendo Treehouse that have been playing this game for quite some time said, your first instinct is going to be to play with the pro controller, which is definitely the easiest by far. It's all three input methods. But once you get really good... You're going to want the precision and refinement of the motion controls because, as Alexa was describing, imagine you're holding a Joy-Con in each of your hands and you're, let's say you're trying to do a hook with your left hand. You can punch your left hand straight forward and then hook it around afterwards. And it will, because of the time it takes for your arm in the game to get all the way to your opponent, you can then, you know, curve it around, which is really interesting. It's really a game more about anticipation and strategy than a, tr- a traditional fighting game is. You can't really button mash your way through this no, game because the, the way that the arms go out from your character is pretty slow. It's slow. It's like maybe like two seconds. Like it takes some time. So if your opponent, you see them go straight for you, you just move. You just get out of the way. <laughs> Um, I really like it. I'm slowly getting better at the motion controls. Like I'm still garbage, but I have way more fun when it's me and my roommate standing there, like punching, punching the air and punching each other in front of the screen. I really like more so than the fighting, the fighting mode. One of the multiplayer modes is like a basketball mode. Oh, the dunk, the three point one where you punch each other and then you can slam dunk each other (laughs) through a basketball hoop. What? I, I, or, or yeah, you you literally pick up the other character and you like slam them through the basketball hoop. That sounds fun. It's it's a very, very fun game, and it's also just a really beautiful game to look at. Really? Like, the art is the, yeah, the, the art style is so good. The characters in this game are very interesting, and they're, they each kind of have their own individual perks. You know, like most fighting games, each character, you know, there's like heavy characters, there's light characters, there's characters who have a lot of jumping mechanics, there's characters mm-hmm. who have little sidekicks like Bark and Bite. There's like a little, he's got like a little side dog who will punch you if you're not watching him. The the dog itself will take you out. Um, I want a dog. And um, yeah, well, and the thing that's also interesting is not only do each of these characters have their own individual stats, each of the arms has their stats and you can mix and match the arms with characters yep. and that really kind of deepens the level of strategy in this as a fighting game. Like a lot of people might look at this at first glance and go, oh, that has got nothing, you know, like on Street Fighter or or Tekken or Smash, but it's a completely different style of play. And that's what I think makes it really kind of innovative and um, certainly challenging for people who are used to maybe a more Twitch-based fighting game experience because this is much more strategic. Yeah, it's... 
it's been a lot of fun. Like after E3, I kind of needed something a little lighter to just kind of like pal around in, pal, pal around in as I decompressed the past couple days. But I noticed that you and Brittany played something way heavier. Yeah. So um, I had never gotten a chance to play What Remains of Edith Finch. This is a small game from a studio called Giant Sparrow, and they don't really even call it a game. They at the, In the end credits, they even call it a story. Um, this is uh, at the heart like an adventure game where you play a protagonist who we have to assume is Edith, uh, who is walking through her old house, and each of the rooms kind of holds a story of one of her family members. So the Finch family came to America because they were trying to escape a family curse. But the curse followed them here and continued to claim the lives of several, almost all of the family members of the Finch family. You can't outrun a curse. No, no, you, you thought they tried though. They really did. And plus I don't really know much about this game. The first time I saw this game, I saw the demo where you are a cat and then you turn into an owl and then you turn into a shark. What? Mm-hmm. What's interesting about yeah. this? Yeah, what? Back yeah, up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you hear the story of one of the characters in the game, one of the finches named Molly, who's like a young girl. I think the age of ten. Yep. Um, and she talks about being so hungry. She got sent to bed without dinner because she had misbehaved or, or something. And she wakes up in the middle of the night and her mom has like locked her in her room as punishment, which is like, whoa, mom, don't lock your kids in the room. Yeah. But um, she tries to get out to get food and her mom's like, just go to sleep. You'll be fine. Which if you think about it, it's like, yeah, she would be fine if she just went to bed and woke up in the morning. She gets breakfast. But it leads into this whole story about her being so hungry that she's on this quest to go eat whatever she can. And there's, I don't know if it's like a hallucination or what's happening, but she gets out of the room in her, the window in her room. And then she's like, suddenly I was a cat. And you're like climbing through this tree as a cat, trying to chase a bird down to eat it. And then you, you jump from the tree as a cat and you turn into an owl. And then you have to like swoop down and pick up a rabbit you eat the rabbit and then you suddenly become a shark and you're like rolling down a hill as a shark. Wait, wait, wait. The shark's out of the water? You're, you're a land shark. Land, well, you, you eventually are. get to the water and then you have to like chase down a seal inside the water and you're eating it because you you have this insatiable hunger. You just keep eating it, things. It was funny. But you turn... You turn into you turn into a shark mid air. Like I yeah, need to know yeah. like, yeah. This, like mid mid air. Br- Brittany, what were you gonna Do say? I was gonna say it was it was funny because yeah, you you turn from an owl into a shark, and the game kind of bugged for me, and I became wedged between two trees, and so I had to like <laughs> I had to mash my buttons to like, and my shark was like flopping around, like trying to like wedge itself in between the trees. So I was a literal land shark for about five minutes while I was like trying to find the right combo to slither my shark between the trees. It was great. Amazing. That's great. Yeah, I had Pretty a shark. weird glitch where I couldn't pick up the the rabbits during the owl section, uh, and I had to restart my game because I f- was flying around trying to pick up the rabbit, and I just couldn't do it. But that's just one unique mini game, so to speak, inside all of these experiences. So each different member of the Finch family has a unique set of gameplay mechanics attached to their story. And some are very short. Some are just like you open a book and you read a note and then that's it. Um, Some of them are as involved as there was one family member, Lewis Finch, 
which was particularly memorable for me. He worked at a cannery, mm. which is essentially like a like a fish chopping plant, uh, where he you know worked on a conveyor belt where he would chop the heads off the fish and then throw the body into like a bucket or whatever. And he, you know, went through some substance abuse issues, which they talk about in the game. And on his road to sobriety, he decided to retreat into his imagination. And he came so far into his imagination that he eventually, like, lost himself in his imagination and ended up killing himself. And it's just like, it's a weird game because it's all of the themes end up being really whimsical at the beginning and then getting really dark at the end. Um, and it was very unexpected in that way. Brett, how did you feel? Like, what were your kind of like emotional reactions to this game? So I went into this game not knowing anything. It's been on my radar for a long time. And when I saw, Andrea, that you were going to talk about it, I said, okay, I need to play this because I want to experience it knowing nothing. So I finished it maybe just like six hours ago. Um It's, it's very short, by the way, for people who are interested. Yeah. Probably two hours yeah. at top. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it, like you said, it was interesting because the whole theme is death and how these family members died. And you live as those family members as they die because the whole premise is you're trying to learn the stories of your extended family. Um, and it tackles some really deep stuff like suicide, substance abuse. There's the de- a death of a baby. Um, but they do it in a very tasteful manner. There are some really clever mechanics like the one you were talking about, Andrea, like the cannery how you experience um, Lewis losing himself to his imagination. So you're multitasking. On one hand, you're chopping the, the heads off a of salmon. On the other hand, I played on PC, you're um, in his imagination. And his imagination is that he's in an RPG. He's in a labyrinth. And then it turns into this full-fledged, like, kingdom. And you're so one hand, you're, you're handling his imagination. On the other hand, you're handling chopping the heads off a of fish. And so it's really dark and twisted, but so cleverly done and i don't want to talk about it too much more because i don't want to spoil it for anyone but uh yeah two hours and i think it's totally totally worth your time it's a very yeah, unique and it's game. not it's not a spoiler to talk about the family members no dying because at the very beginning of the game you get a book and you can see the kind of tombstone dates for each individual family member and what's interesting about that is that when you look at each of them you can see how old they were when each of them died. And it really is quite a range from, you know, like a young, like infant slash toddler all the way up to like, you know, like a great grandparent Mm -hmm. and kind of everything in between. And each different member of the family has a very unique story, a unique set of gameplay to kind of talk about like, how did the Finch curse affect this person in, in the family and what way it did. It was, and you don't really know what Edith's role is and how the curse has affected her. And I mean, you kind of find out sort of at the end, which obviously, you know, I won't talk about, but um, it's, it's unlike any kind of interactive storytelling experience or video game that I've ever played before. And Mm -hmm. I really have to give them a hats off for a fantastic job. Well done. Narratively, um, it's really excellently executed and the graphics are, kind of like this really awesome like watercolor third-person perspective. And it reminded me a little bit of the art style of Life is Strange, um, especially after having played that semi-recently. And it had very light climbing mechanics, but each of the individual stories was so unique. It just really resonated with me in a way that I wasn't expecting. 
Yeah, there are a lot of uh, family members in here, and a lot of them have very unique stories, and you probably will resonate with at least one of them. I did, and I cried. So, uh, just, if you liked, they're not similar, but if you, not super similar, but if you liked Gone Home, I think you would really enjoy this. There's uh, a lot of gathering of data, like, here, I took a whole bunch of notes when I played. You can't probably can't see. Oh my god. <laughs> There's, a lot, of gamer. There's wow. a lot of shit to keep track of, and I want to, like, dig in and, like, know what's, what's what. So anyway, I'll stop it at that. Yes. Well, and after you finish the game, you can go back and replay individual stories. So if you feel like there's something that you missed or something you wanted to explore a little bit further, um, you can certainly do that. So I'm going to have to check it out. Do it. It sounds really cool. But I haven't, I like haven't had time, but maybe I should make time. Yeah. Well, and what's great about it is that it's not a long commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a very short game, but very impactful. And I hope they get nominated for a bunch of awards later this year. I certainly was pleasantly surprised and happy to tell everyone that I can heartily recommend this awesome title. So, um, so yeah, that's what, um, that's what Brett and I played this week. Steimer. Hi. Was busy. Well, didn't so get to play anything. Here's what happened for me, but also I want to rewind a little bit and go back to arms because I want to say Alexa be very careful with motion controls, especially when you are punching, because a lot of people will, like, throw their shoulders out and stuff. Like, people get too into it. So if you're playing this game at all with motion controls, do not overextend your arm. That is not how you punch people Um, in real life. I would know. Just kidding. Actually, you actually fought people. You fought people. I did. I used to fight people in college. As the most physically injured person Wait, in this what? group, that's a, that's a secret segment story. We're not talking about that. Um, but uh, as the most injured person in this group, I have been very careful. Good. Uh, I started physical therapy recently, and that's been very helpful. Okay, but, good. Um, I was just concerned. I, I, I am very careful. I use the straps. Good. Good, good. I'm, do- I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. I favor this arm anyway because this one's the borked one. Burk. Story for another day. But As a reminder, if you, you would like concern. to listen to our secret segment, patreon.com slash what's good games. Yeah. Yeah. That Maybe. is a tier. Do it. So what I was um, doing okay, so this week Steimer, is I was going looking to say. all over this freaking town for a Nintendo Switch. And I could not find That's a one. game. Are you it was still like, having trouble getting a Switch? Yeah. I'll have to keep an eye out. So This I, seems to be a thing. Lots of people, it's not just you, many no. people around the country are having trouble finding Switches. And then I was looking online because somebody was like, it's Apple's fault. And I was like, what? What is that? So I looked online. Apple's and, fault. And basically the theory behind why there are not very many Switches out there is because Apple is hogging all of the production of a certain type of chip that Nintendo uses to produce the Switch. Um, so like theoretically Apple's up here like gobbling it all up and then Nintendo's down here on the priority list and so they kind of just get what uh, they can take. I don't know if that's true. That's just like, hi. again, the industry Have rumors. you met Nintendo? This is kind of what they do. I know, this right? Kind of For thing. me, I was like, I kind of don't believe, I think it's just Nintendo being Nintendo. Anyway. But that is the news story that is going around. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, I mean, and I've been calling friggin' every, like every retailer around Targets, Best Buys, whatever. Everyone just literally goes, we don't know. They literally, they just show up one morning. Like, they have no plan. They have no, okay. they have no way to even tell me. I'm like, is it usually a Tuesday? Is it, is it once a week? Is it twice? Like, what, you know, once every two weeks? What is the, what's the deal here? And no one can give me an answer. So what I've ended up doing is uh, my friend Colin was like, you can just borrow mine. So I'm going to use his. 
Um, but I'm still gonna thanks, Colin. Be, yeah, thanks, Colin, because he's not using it, so I might as well get a switch. But yeah. I was like, it was so annoying. I was just driving and driving and driving forever trying to play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to hear that. Steimer, we will make sure to keep an eye out up here in the Bay Area. If I see a switch, I will Let me know. snatch it up for you and say, that's for Steimer. You can't have it. I'll fight you. <laughs> Just also, like, like people. Nintendo people, I know you listen to this podcast. Hook a girl up. That would work, yeah, too, because I am pretty Hook poor. Hook a girl up. Hooking girls up. I was willing to pay those. you. <laughs> I have some. <laughs> Alex is like, I have some. I do. They're very bright. Okay, well, uh, next week we'll have more games to talk about in our hands-on section because I am very much looking forward to trying out Friday the 13th, finally. Ah. So hopefully we'll be able to talk about that on next week's show. For now, that is the end of our hands-on segment two of this show. We're going to take a really quick break, then we'll be right back with the grab bag. over here what's up everybody welcome back this is segment three of what's good games that means it's grab bag time i know we haven't really done this segment and it's true for in a couple of weeks because of e3 but this week we decided to talk about our summer pile of shame Oops. we all have one we're all guilty i have to brit i'm sorry i have to call you out she did not know what a pile of shame was. Girl. But she she had one. Yes? She's oh, got a lot. She's got a lot. I, I guarantee my pile of shame is ten times larger than any pile of shame anyone has on this podcast. It's I'm a cl- uh, well, I'm well, a collector. We're about to find out. Okay, the, if you so, want to make it a contest. When you say pile of shame, are you talking about recent or are you talking about like as far back as no we no can? no not lifetime pile of shame that would be <laughs> oh, gigantic wow. my lifetime pile I'm, of shame I'm is talking very about big. like let's defi- put a definitive timeline on it since the okay. beginning of 2017 oh what are the games that have oh. come out this year that you're like dang it jim i haven't been able to get around to playing that game yet but i really want to and i'm hopefully gonna have time this summer when the release season slows down, but it's not really slowing down. No, there's a not. lot of good no. games coming I actually think summer. I've done pretty okay this year. Like, there's nothing yeah, from yeah. this year that well, I was screw you. that I really wanted. <laughs> but I mean, no, but there's stuff from like like I haven't played Final Fantasy. Like I would like to that play that. Last. So, but it's not this year. It, you know, technically right. last well, year. I mean, technically well, it was like late November, right? Sure. So early December. Yeah, late like, November. But be that's fine. slightly forgivable because Final Fantasy is a commitment. Oh yeah, my dear. Well, I played. Let's see. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, but. No, I was going to say the only reason I was able to finish it uh, when I did was because I was sick after PlayStation Experience, so I had a week and a half to do nothing but play Final Fantasy XV. Otherwise, nice. it never would have happened. That's yeah. all I was going to say. I uh, I That's went it. from like open world to open world to open world, or not open world, but like long game, like all long games, basically, were the beginning of this year. So I'm not afraid of commitment. It was more what happened was There's a friend many. was supposed to give me her copy. And she still hasn't. <laughs> so that's why I'm What a bitch! What a named friend. Give Steimer back her copy. No, no, no. It's not my copy. She's letting me borrow hers. She's not a bitch. Oh, give it to her. She's a very it. kind she's friend. Show Maybe she's do. not a bitch. Maybe she's playing the game. She, she wants is playing to play. the game. I'm feeling sassy right now. She'll give it to... 
She'll give <laughs> You gave me this wine. It's your fault. It's it's definitely my fault. Um so I think this is I'm glad you touched on that. Mm-hmm. There are too many open world games this console generation. There's I'm just going to say that right now as a definitive statement. Developers out there, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> know that it is okay to not make your game open world. The not openest everything of needs to be open world. <laughs> I agree it's with totally you. totally okay. Terrible. Like, you know, a nice Wolfenstein experience, some corridors, some linear narrative yep. levels. That's all right. It we is like it's those great. two. Yeah. It's like it, it mix it, you can mix and match them so that you're not going from open world to open world to open world and feeling really fatigued. Then you can kind of mix it up with a nice linear experience like you were talking about and then have a little palate cleanser and then like a two hour Edith Finch yep. sort of session and then go back into an open world. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is the reason I keep bouncing between Persona 5 and Breath of the Wild because I get stuck in one and I go, I just have to do something. I just need a directive. And then I get into Persona 5 and I'm like, oh God, I have to do laundry and there's so many things to do. I'm going to go back to Breath of the Wild. Oh, I'm stuck in another divine beast. Fucking forget it. And I just keep going back and forth. I'm like high school, high school, like fucked up sim to like Breath of the Wild. Oh my God. I should be saving the world. But instead I'm like dicking around with the Gerudos. Like it's just been. Yeah, you are. I just keep. Sorry. I just, I, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm not close to finishing either, and I love them both. But like, I agree with you. This has been like the spring of open worlds. It's too it's many. Yeah, this is it's why I haven't started Zelda yet. I was I, I wanted to make sure that I finished Horizon Zero Dawn first, and that I finished Mass Effect Andromeda first. So mm-hmm. check mark, check mark. Both of those are done. You're holding your hands over your face because you haven't finished one or both of those games. <laughs> Both? Is it both? both? I haven't started Horizon. You haven't started <gasps> Horizon? Yet? I haven't even booted it up. That's my shame. Oh no. That's my shame. Ding. Bring the fucking bell. I haven't even started. Ding. I haven't Ding. either. I haven't either. It's okay, Alexa. That was my main one too. Oh god, really? But you like you are so on top of things. I'm playing Persona. No, but... Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Oh, yes, ma'am. Um, so I'm playing Persona 5. I have about 110 hours into that. Um Whoa. Yeah, I'm also playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, probably about 90 hours into that. I played Mass Effect Andromeda. What? I play So I like Andrea was saying, a lot of the games I've been playing have been like these huge open world games and there's just I'm not even probably halfway done with Zelda yet. I'm about to wrap up Persona 5. I want to hop into Horizon, but my fucking god, I can't I can't keep up. I need more hours. Give me more so hours. So I did lie. Zelda I also haven't played and I do want to play it. And that's why I was trying to find a Switch. I was trying to find Without a Switch, a Switch. <laughs> to play Zelda. But anyways, I'll get one eventually. I'll get there. Well, so. another open world game I would really like to spend more time in that, Britt, I know you've spent some time in is Ghost Recon Wildlands. So this is yep. one of the oh, top yeah. selling games of 2017 fun. so far. And the time that I have spent in it has been fun. It's obviously a very challenging game, you know, because it's strategic and it's stealth and you have to be good at shooting and things like that. But so many people are having such a great experience with mm-hmm. this game that I, I really want to spend more time in it, but it's so hard to give commitment to a game that I'm like, okay, well it's best played co-op. Who can Thank I you. find? When can we arrange the right time to play? All of us. You, you want to play ghost recon? We Wildland? can play it on a stream during the day. Let's just play ghost recon. <laughs> okay. I thought you weren't into shooters. I'll, I should be. Yeah, you Let's should. Do it. You should I'm try into it. it. Let's do it. It's fun. Okay. And then you can drive and like go ape shit and fall off mountains or crash it helicopters. Would, 
I'm good at falling off mountains. It'd be so. a phenomenal game for the four of us to play. Uh, we would have way too much fun with it, and it would be glorious. I would recommend it. Yes, I have the game. We should okay. totally do this. Yeah. Well, we will, we will, we will make it a thing. Um, another game that's on my pile of shame that I haven't spent nearly enough time with is For Honor. So this is a game I was mm-hmm. super excited about uh, last year. You know, when I got to see it at E3 and got to see it at a couple other shows. Um, I was really pumped about the class system that they had, and they were really unique factions that they have in the game and um i like that it was kind of like this medieval throwback and i only spent a couple hours with it and i haven't gone back to it yet and i really want to go and finish the campaign pvp might be i think i'm a little too far gone yeah to really get into pvp at this point the people who are still playing pvp would probably crush me i love that pvp um (laughs) so i don't know if getting into that makes the most amount of sense but i definitely want to go back and finish the campaign because i heard really great things about that as well the other game, Sorry, there's um, an airplane going by. <laughs> oh, the other game I need to get back into is Yakuza Zero. Um, it's my oh, first. so good! It's so good. I, I I'm irritated because I put like 40 hours into it, and then Resident Evil Seven. Can't, I got my review copy for Resident Evil Seven, or something happened that pulled me away, and now it's been months, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to go back into it, but it was so good, and I still have so many more hours to put into it. That's another one of my games. <laughs> There's so much crazy gameplay in Yakuza. Oh, it's oh, it's brilliant. so good. So did good. that when did that I game love come that out? It's set in like the 80s. January? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it came out really early this year. This year needs to stop. It's a good problem with to have. Games. Collaborate Pause and listen. Ice is back with Pause. the brand new invention. <laughs> well, like it's not going to slow down. We have like something some major thing coming out in July and then August is Uncharted and then September is something and then we well, have Mario coming out. Like, Mario's in August. Else coming out in August besides Lost Legacy? Oh, uh, I guess Mario Shadow 2 is coming out. Pushed to October, but Splatoon's Splatoon coming two. out. Yeah, I have Splatoon's right. July. I have like well, we a got Crash, Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy is coming out next week. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. We That's have... True. But I'm not going to play all of Crash Bandicoot. Here. I'll play like a little bit of it. That's not, and that's this is the other thing that I like to do. I like to just let myself off the hook with certain things. You know what? It's totally fine that I'm not going to finish Crash Bandicoot. It doesn't matter. Just that's go fine. in, like have it play for a few <laughs> hours. That is fine. Um, and that's, I mean, that's kind of why I disregarded my my o, my OG pile of shame that I had because I was just like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine that I'm not playing these. Just move forward. At some point, you can't play everything. Totally. I mean, and this is yeah. something that I was asked on. Uh, it was a question from one of the viewers on the the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show. Uh, they asked, and maybe you ladies can answer this question, when multiple games come out at the same time, what kind of method or, or how do you pick and choose which games you play first? Do you play just a, f- a few hours of one of each of them? Do you devote all of your time to one and go through them methodically? Do you have a method or a system? I hate juggling video games. It's something I'm doing right now, and I hate doing it because what happens is a game will grab my attention more than the other one, and then I'll just dive into that one, and I'll leave the other one in the dust, like what happened with Yakuza, and I haven't touched it now in probably like three or four months. Um, For me, it's always, what am I most excited about, right? So when Resident Evil 7 came out, I dropped Yakuza like a hot bag of shit. No, that's bad. It's not a hot bag of shit. It's a great game. That's a bad, bad reference. (laughs) Something only a dog owner could truly understand. (laughs) So for me, it's all about what am I most enthusiastic about. 
Yeah, no, I'm a similar uh, way, Brit. I'm like, I go for like, what am I most excited about? And then also, what do I want spoiled the least? Like, what yeah. if, if something is, I think will be heavily spoiled? I usually try to get to that first. That's true. Yeah. Alexa? I mean, if I go straight for, if in the smorgasbord of, off, of offerings, there's like a Japanese role playing game or like a thing that is like, the thing in my wheelhouse, like I'll go play that first, and then I'll get to everything else based on how short it is, or how many yeah. husbands um, you can have. shortness, yeah, or how many husbandos I can have, you know, like, <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. I'm juggling between trying. I haven't even started Horizon, but between trying to finish Persona Five and Breath of the Wild, I am also still working my way through Fire Emblem Echoes. So I have three very long games that I'm trying to get through right now, and it's like a little bit of a nightmare. Um, I don't that know how I end up here. Please help. Help! I'm drowning. Help! And yeah, the, the, you you touched on on you touched on shortness, Alexa. That's another thing that I will also um, use as criteria. So, for instance, I think there at one point like a Tomb Raider had come out, and then there was an RPG like a longer game, and so I went for Tomb Raider first to try and like get it out of the way, and then enjoy the longer game with less stress. Yeah. I remember that, Stammer. You and I were talking about that. What RPG was that? I don't remember. Because I remember I, I chastised remember. you for choosing... I remember I was mad at you for choosing Tomb Raider. But anyway, yeah. well, you can figure that I out. I, yeah, I don't remember what it was, but... Something. Okay. Andrea, <laughs> do you guys what is your criteria? Oh, my criteria is... You know, it's very similar to what all of you ladies said. So, first and foremost... If it's a franchise, an IP, a character, or a studio that I have a particular affection for, I'll probably gravitate to that one first because it's probably the one I'm the most enthusiastic about. Then I'll look at the length of the game. Is it a 5 to 10 hour experience? Is it a 10 to 20 hour experience? Is it like a 50 to 75 hour experience or longer? If it's short, I'll knock it out, get it done get to the end and most of the time and i have no shame in saying this i will play through a game on very easy or easy mode there's no shame there's no shame no, no. In that. there's just too many games to play nope. and i don't need the challenge the first time i play it if i go back and play like for example mass effect 2 for the fifth time you know then i can put it on like the most extreme difficulty mode and go through and really challenge myself but for the first time i really need to see the story i need to see the graphics i need to get a look at the mechanics mechanics and um, kind of see how it plays and so that really helps kind of cut down on the gameplay time <laughs> when i played prey for example a game that the three of you still have not played right nope, no nope. add that to your Oops. pile it's great that. you should play it um i had to play even playing that on very easy like it still was really hard <laughs> like, yeah and i'm not ashamed to admit that because a lot of other people have come forward and said yeah that was just a hard game um, but I think that helps cut down on how much time you're maybe wasting going through levels and maybe not understanding like what kind of guns you're supposed to be using, or if there's a specific loadout or powers or whatever. Um, and then um, after I've kind of done those criteria, what's kind of left is maybe what's the most important thing that people are discussing. Is there a game that maybe I'm hesitant to play, but that our peers are talking about that the community is talking about that people on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube are super pumped and thrilled about that are like, Hey, have you tried this thing out yet? Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, uh, I don't know. But then because everyone else is so jazzed about it, I'll like add it to the list and be like, okay, I'll try that out. Mm -hmm. So has I there been a game the three of you were like, I did not want to play 
but you decided to try just because everyone was like, this is amazing. You have to try it. Mm. No. Can you think of something? <laughs> I don't usually, I don't usually do that. Like when you were like, add prey You're to your pile influenced. of shame. I was like, no, that's not a game that really appeals to me. And I'm okay with that's saying great. no. <laughs> you're like no fuck you pray no i mean <laughs> i mean like I'll that i'm just like of the things coming out i would rather play wolfenstein yeah well wolfenstein's not coming I out yet. Yeah, i know it's not coming out for a while but i have other things to do i don't need to spend my time playing a game i'm not that excited about no that's fair and that's kind of how i am too like if you know, pray. It's now on my radar. It's in the very, very back of my radar, but it's there because I have very limited time. And so I prioritize that for things that I know I would enjoy, um, like Horizon. So, yep. yeah. yeah. I did this a long time ago with Titanfall. I didn't want to play it because it was a shooter and everyone was raving about it. So I tried it and it was good. Yeah. That's fine. It was good. I have to ask, though, since we're talking about Pile of Shame. Going back into your like deep dark past, is there a game that like people rave about or that has become like a cult phenomenon that you have never touched? Zelda. That you're like, one day I will get to it. Yeah, I know about you and your Zelda thing, Steimer. <laughs> Go away. We know I, about this. Yeah, I've touched it briefly. <laughs> uh, that is Chrono Trigger. I've never finished it. I know. I know. I know. You? You? I know. I try. Okay. I mean, I haven't played that game either. But no, no, no. But I, I, that I, that's I, okay. <laughs> you have no excuse, my dear. No, I know. So, Call trigger. So several years ago, I downloaded it when the Wii was hopping. I downloaded it on the Wii's virtual console. When was and that? The Wii was hopping. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, started playing it, but then it got to the point where I had I learned that other party members who weren't in my immediate group needed manual leveling up, and I'm like, I don't have time for this, and I backed away. And mm, I regret it. Okay. Um, but it is a game. It's probably the number one on my pile of shame. I'm not that's proud of I have to ask you. Uh, well, okay. Yes. I'll save my question. Um, my, I mean, there's, a, there's quite frankly, there's a lot. What's the worst offender? Uh, well, I've already told you I've never played Final Fantasy outside of Final Fantasy 15. I know, but we're going to fix that. Maybe another really bad offender is Metal Gear. Same. I dipped my toe until Metal Gear 5. Same. And that was it. Hated Same. it. Okay. Got out. Was like, I made the right decision all these years. I would have, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was kind of me too, Andrea. Alexa. No, because, I, because I, I, I thought about it. And like, you get, I'm giving you a pass on both Final Fantasy and Metal Gear. One, because I care deeply about you as a friend. And two, because those are two <laughs> just really like meaty like really deep involved complex series and storylines metal gear is final fantasy is not connected so you could pick up any which one that struck your fancy but metal gear is all connected and it's just so complex and and and, and convoluted like i can understand why jumping in late you feel like you've missed so much so it's hard to go back and play that first one and get in like that's and then and then you just feel like well there's too much here i might as well just not even start like i get that i get that I get it. I get and it. The, I get it the stealth gear. mechanics are incredibly infuriating in that game. Yeah, it's bad. I yeah, uh, bought Metal Gear Solid Five time. when it first released. When was that? Like two thousand and like ten, two thousand <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, still in the shrink wrap. So, yeah. Wow. Mm. Not proud. 
No, because maybe if you still have it hanging around, we can give it away to somebody. <laughs> like, hey, this is the game. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> this game. We didn't like. We never touched play. this. Enjoy. Nope. Um, Steimer, what's yours? Do you have one? Oh, I've already said she it a Zelda. thousand times. Zelda's. No, I thought we've already talked about Zelda. I know. So that's yeah, why I'm like done. Like Zelda. that's like that's the main game of shame for me. Like, but you also like I, I Metal Gear Solid. It did almost the exact same thing as you, Andrea. Um, I hadn't played one. I played a little bit of five and then was like, mm, meh. Don't really care about this man on fire. I don't even know what he is. What's going on? <laughs> on fire. When I saw him <laughs> hiding in a box, I was like, what is this game? <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> what's no, I like on? the, I like the sexy lady box. Just snake in a box. The sexy lady oh, box God. is my favorite box because I'm like, how stupid are like- these soldiers that are believing that a box is a real lady on a military well, base who appeared out like, of nowhere? things out, like fly sheeps out. I'm like, I don't know what's happening in that game. But the dog is really sheep. cute. The, the dog, dog is, is the best. so D-dog cute. D-Dog is best dog. What Alexa? about you, Alexa? Oh, oh. Uh, I never played Beyond Good and Evil. Oh, come uh, on. That's a lame answer. No, a lot of people like, haven't played that. That's, True. I, when I tell people that, they look at me like I've never seen Star Wars. No, that's Have not even Star Wars? comparable. These people are weird. They should not judge you that These harshly. These people Beyond are weird. a small little title. Okay. That you might not have heard or known about. We're talking like big franchise, multi-installment, been go- around for at least five to ten years, if not longer. Well, I've never played a never played a Halo game. I don't think anyone. Cares. That's, oh, that's good. That's okay, good. Yeah, I've never played a Halo game. That's a good. I one. watched we- my brother play them. That I doesn't count. Them. No. Uh, I never played Halo. I didn't play Big Good and Evil. Multi franchise game. Halo's a good answer. Halo's a great yeah. answer. It's Halo. Yeah, I mean, I just never, it's I've disappointing Halo. because I feel like there have been some really fantastic Halos that you might enjoy, and we could play. Yes. Co-op together. Cool. Yes. I saw Red versus Blue though. Does that count? I mean, Red versus Blue is awesome. We love our Rooster Teeth friends. <laughs> right, but but no, that does not count. <laughs> That's Damn not it. related. That's not what Halo's like. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> There's nothing like what Halo is like. Uh, even though that show is funny, you can um, uh, marathon the Halo games easily in like one day, like a day and a half. So we could easily yeah, do that. that would short. be fun. Yeah, let's do it. We Drunk could do Halo like, a, like an all day stream or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that could be cool. Um, before we end this segment, Brittany, I have to ask. Yes. In our hands-on section, you had listed that you tried Minecraft. Was this in your pile of shame? And you were like, pile of shame no more. I'm yeah. going to try you Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, curiosity. So I guess this is one of, I should have uh, answered correctly when you, I think it was you who asked Andrea, has there ever been a game where people have talked about how great it is? And you're like, fine, I'll freaking jump on that bandwagon and try it. Minecraft is that game for me because everyone that I've talked to who has played it raves about it. They say it's a phenomenal cooperative experience. So my fiance and I, Jason have been jumping between like ghost recon wildlands and other shooters, but we kind of wanted something like post E3 to unwind with. And so we tried the Minecrafts and there's a lot to this game, a lot more than I ever anticipated. I think it's kind of starting to click. I may be 25% like getting it. There's a lot um, There's a but lot. It's, it's yeah, it's cathartic. It's fun to explore, fun to build things and kill things, and it's quirky and it doesn't take itself seriously. So it's a great relaxation game. 
Um, I've played maybe like oh, five hours of it. And so a lot of people, speak, I mean, and I also nothing. only dabbled. So maybe next week like I'll have very, more to say about it. Very, very minor in Minecraft. hours I mean, in a game that you could easily you build things and hours you have into. to be creative. Uh, we had the team from Minecraft and it works out great at E3 and talk to us about some of the changes that they're making, the unification they're doing across the platforms. And of course, they had somebody who runs a custom PvP server in Minecraft. I think that's really where the platform shines is that they've taken a game and really <laughs> given it to the hands of the creators <laughs> and allowed them to kind of let their imaginations run wild. These PvP servers include like mini games and fully fleshed out maps and game modes and things that are all from the minds and the imaginations of people who just love to play this game. And it's something that I have a lot okay, of respect for. Okay, so my for audio just shit the bed. Really or my video, sorry. Incredible phenomena in the history of the video games at large. But um, I don't... Um, you know, something about it just hasn't ever like really drawn me in. And now that you're trying it, maybe I'll maybe I'll revisit. What do you think, girl? Should we revisit this? Let's do it. Minecraft stream. Yes, Minecraft is in. fun. I have enjoyed Minecraft in the past. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, okay, cool. Well, listen, uh, that'll be the end of this segment. Uh, we are going to come back for our final segment of the evening. It is off topic. It's back and we're talking Wonder Woman. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. segment of what's good games it is the off topic and this week uh sorry for the delay we were actually planning to talk about this earlier but then e3 got it in the way dang it e3 dang um wonder woman mm-hmm. a feature film from dc comics uh is out and doing fantastically it's getting rave reviews it stars gail gadot i think is how you say gal gadot. i feel like i've been Good. saying her name gal wrong gadot. every time i say it <laughs> Gal Gadot? Gadot? No, it's not Gadot. She's Israeli. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's not Gadot. I don't know how you say it. But she's pretty. She's real pretty. (laughs) She's very pretty. She is so, like, just strong looking and muscular and amazing. Well, she was in the Israeli army, so. Yeah, for real. Yeah. (laughs) She's great. So Wonder Woman, uh, we went and saw this together the last time we recorded. It was uh, a fun experience. We went to a movie at 9.50 in the morning. We did. Oh, with a did. thermos of mimosas. Oh, so like good. adults. We did. Shandon. <laughs> we had whiskey crazy. also, Andrea. Yes, yeah, uh, a, a flask of whiskey. Yep. I mean, because every responsible adult goes to a 10 a.m. movie with <laughs> alcohol in their purse. Yep. I hope you're um, not listening. It was actually a pretty fun way to go see the movie. Um, it was great because um, I distinctly remember the scene where... Um, Chris Pine, that's his name, right? Chris Pine. Yeah. Chris Pine. Dreamy McDreamface. face. fully nude in one scene. Uh, he had his hand over his bits. That was real good. And we were all like, oh, my God, he's naked. That was a 10 <laughs> out of 10 scene. I had actually forgotten about that heard... until you just brought it up. <laughs> I've never How heard anyone you? actually out loud call them bits before. <laughs> that was bits. good. His bits. <laughs> I just say peen. It's <laughs> any better. that's a good one um so he was definitely not the star of this movie undoubtedly without question gail was the the star of this movie or gal excuse me and like 
I really, really enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was over the top fantastic. I think I'm the one person maybe on this on this crew that was like, ah, I thought it was great, but it wasn't like, oh my god, my life was changed by Wonder Woman. I think it was just like, it was actually finally a good DC movie, and so everybody yes. was like, blah. <laughs> the bar was just set so low that yeah. any kind of... I mean, of- the last few DC movies have been pretty crap, so it's not... But, yeah. and, and this was like a coherent movie, like, you know, had a good plot. She was the star, like, Chris Pine very much played a sub role to her. So all of these things combined and just like where we are politically and everything, which we're not talking about. But like, I just think it was primed to do well, considering that it is a quality movie. Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, I got a little teary once. uh, And that was when she came like you get the first, I'm not going to spoil it, but you get the first full look at her in her armor yes. and she's walking and it's just yeah. a full focus on her. And I like don't read comic books and I'm not really into like DC or anything, but I'm like familiar with the Wonder Woman mythos and I'm going to totally play like the feminism card here. And it's just been a really long time since I've seen like a movie or a show that had a strong female lead that made me think like, yeah, I'm going to be super badass too. And just having that moment and then everything that followed in that moment made me just feel like, this is amazing. And I need to like go to the gym right now. And like, I'm just like, yeah. I like, like, mm-hmm. like this it is made just me want to fight people. Felt, <laughs> right. It made me want to want to want to want to fight people. And it was a combination of the imagery and like the sound, like that soundtrack was just like absolutely phenomenal. And it just sort of like, that's why we play games. That's why we watch movies. That's my, why we, we read books. We find moments and things that inspire us. And I watched that and I was just like, I have to clear my schedule and like get to the gym and start punching people again. This is amazing. <laughs> yes. I, I agree that there were a couple of moments and, you know, I kind of came out of it a little bit more meh than I wanted to, but there were okay. a few moments, particularly in the beginning of the film where they were focusing, you know, you know, on these amazing Amazonian women in the mascara uh, where I got a little choked up Um Robin Wright Penn's character she's was so inspiring Um, and I wish she had been in more of the film and just like seeing her and seeing how badass she is because I feel like she's badass in every role that she (laughs) plays Um, and really seeing these women who've devoted their lives to being in their top physical condition and not only physical condition but you know like mental awareness and their sharpness and their ability to read situations and really just taking no shit from anybody in a way that was really inspiring and kind of struck a chord with me. Um, you know, we don't talk a lot about representation of, of women in media in the show, but um, I think that this film represented a lot of things to a lot of women out there. Yeah. Um, Brittany, did you get any stirrings when you were watching this movie? Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt Alexa, but that was the same moment, the one moment in the film that choked me up a little bit also. And I'm not, admittedly, I know, nothing about Wonder Woman. I know nothing about comics, but um, watching that scene, it was, again, her full garb, the music, the bullet spraying everywhere, just that look of like sheer determination on her face. I was like, oh my God. And I looked over at you, Alexa, and you had your, you're like this. You had your hands over your mouth. And I was like, yeah, she's feeling it too. Um, That was a really great moment as well. The one thing that I've I've heard, and not to be salty, Steimer, um, a lot of... (laughs) 
not a hey. lot, but I've heard women complain about the fact that they, they're upset that she it took until the death of whatever his name is um, for her spoilers. to spoilers. Spoilers, but that's okay. I'm sorry, I completely Wait, forgot. I spoiled. That's shit. okay. I'm just yeah. I'm just yelling spoilers, but that's okay. I, that was a spoiler. You continue. We might want to edit that spoiler. out. That was a major spoiler. Well, um, well, we can also like put a disclaimer in the thing being like, hey, like we spoil it a little bit. So continue. Yeah. Okay. Um, that it took until his death until she fully realized her power. And people are like, of course, it took a man to make her boa. So I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on that. So I sort of saw that as like, I didn't, I didn't think of, think of it that way. And, but I did read all the criticism and I was like, oh, I guess that maybe that was what they meant. But he was the first person from the outside world that she encountered and when she went into the outside world with him, she met like a bunch of kind of really crappy people, but he remained constantly good. So to me, I saw it as like, so the loss of the first, like, like the one person from the outside world, the one good person that she knew, his loss kind of drove her to go into a rage because she saw the good in the world and she believed that what she was fighting for was to end the thing that was controlling the good people. So to have that first person gone was sort of like a shock to her. I don't even but know. I if did it- read all the criticism after and I I did see that stuff and I was like, oh, but I did appreciate that any sort of like romance between them was really understated. It mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't like a big like song and dance sex number. It was a very much understated like and these two people are attracted to each other. And then the movie moved on with it and didn't dwell on it. And they weren't like holding hands or petting each other on the battlefield or whatever the hell like people do in other movies or whatnot. So I don't yeah. think it was his death. Petting each other on the battlefield like in Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Um. The more I'm thinking about it now, I think it's more of... Because you were saying, Alexa, I don't think you're correct in this. And you were saying he's good throughout the whole movie. He's not. And, like, there are certain points where he kind of makes decisions that are... Like, you know, he's, like, talking down to her or um, kind of being like, no, just know your role, basically. Like, just go along with this. Stop trying to make everything good. We're not all good here. Um, I think it was the moment where she realized that there was good in him and there was good in this world. And that she was right. And it was sort of like a reaffirmation of what she had believed in that kind of snapped or triggered her um, into full-on beast mode, is <laughs> what mm. I like to call it. Anyways, that was just, but So I don't think it was like, oh, my boyfriend died. Mm. I think it was, oh, my God, this person, somebody has made a non-selfish act here. Therefore, there is something worth saving on this planet. Mm. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well... I also think that, you know, that whole sequence of, you know, what happened with his character felt really rushed in a way. Like, it it almost didn't feel real. You know, a lot of times in these superhero movies, characters come and go and you kind of like think they may be injured or maybe they've been killed, but really they haven't. And so it was hard for me to understand like, oh, is he actually gone? Is he still around? Is he going to come back? He's at a thousand Um, bits over the the sea. Well, right, but like, I mean, it's a superhero movie. Crazier shit has happened, mm-hmm. you know. But he's not a so superhero, like, right? But like, I mean, people get saved for you know for for less things or for bigger things. I just, I don't know. I just part of me just didn't really glob onto that. Another part of the movie I just had such a hard time accepting was the character who ultimately became. Aries, like I know we've already spoiled some things, but I won't say who it was in case you haven't seen the movie yet. But so this character who you discover is, is Aries because, you know, we 
learned throughout the whole film that that's why these women are training because Ares, the god of war, is going to come back and they need to be prepared. He's going to invade the Mascara. Um, Zeus has hidden them for their protection and now they have to come back and save mankind. And we get to see Ares and he just didn't feel like powerful enough. He just kind of was like a wah, wah, I'm Ares. I've got a cool helmet. <laughs> but that's I thought about he was it. cool. Was that the, the way he was like way? pulling things? He like basically just made this armor out of scrap metal. I was like, oh dear, she is in trouble. Like, I, it's just like the, the, he, him himself is not very uh no that's what i'm saying so, like the character that they the, the person they cast for this role i was like what but i like scratcher for me yeah i liked that too because it was understated because you're thinking you're gonna go against aries and it's either gonna be this middle-aged man like the guy that that she pegs as aries throughout the entire movie is a very large man mm-hmm. and so you think okay large man you are also the large bad guy and then you get to the end and, and it's, it's not this, like and it's and it's not and he's small and like weird looking and like he's not what you would think of the powerful guy being but that's sort of the point like Ares hid so to have him come out of nowhere and be like I've been this like little guy pulling all the strings behind the scenes is actually way more effective at least for me from a narrative standpoint than like here's the beefy guy we all thought it was doing his beefy things and now you're going to fight him and i also liked alexa how I don't know, that's just he me. He mentioned basically, like, I didn't do any of this. You know, like, I laid out laid out the possibility for this to happen. They yeah. took it from here. This was not, like, a master, you know, like, this wasn't all me manipulating or controlling people. I didn't control anyone. They all had a choice, and they all chose right. to do this. Um, so I thought that was a really powerful sort of statement of the movie. Right. Big question left hanging at the end of this movie. Did Steve Trevor lie about his dick size? (laughs) (laughs) I heard. Did he? I actually um, saw somewhere that, um, that those two actors that, that Gail and Chris uh, improvised that whole scene. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. That's what I saw. Yeah. That they, they improvised that that whole scene about, uh, above average. (laughs) I'm above average. I thought that was kind of neat. It is. I mean, as far as improv goes, it's not like the most impressive <laughs> of acting improv. But it was it was cheeky and it added some humor. I think that's something that the Marvel films do significantly better than any of the DC films before is really weaving humor into the script and throughout the story and having it feel like it has a natural place there. Yep. So I'm glad to see that we did have a couple, you know, laugh out mo- loud moments uh, in Wonder Woman, but certainly a much more serious in tone f- film than most of the Marvel films have been. Yep. Do you guys like that in a superhero movie? Do you wish there was more comedy? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like it when it's super dark. All like all the time, it's hard to watch. You know, you need a little bit of levity in there, kind of mix so, it up. So you a didn't like bit. the Dark Knight films? Yeah. So film is one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Is, is that enough. a no? <laughs> did yeah. I, oh, did you like them? Yeah. I thought you said, did you see them? Um, no, did you I, like them? Because they were I, all dark. Um, you know, they were okay. Okay, you. So you didn't. Okay. Brett, I mean, what were you saying? Was, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um. So what I was gonna say is that. <laughs> Stimer. Uh it's that film is the one medium where I'm not a quote critic. Um, I'm not really a movie buff. I don't see a lot of films. So when I see a film, I'm just there to enjoy it. 
Uh, so it was interesting for me to listen to you ladies critique the movie because those were things I hadn't really thought of. Um, so going back to your question, Andrea, about comedy, comedy is always a good thing. So I'm all for the comedies in my superhero films because that makes them more enjoyable. I don't want a dark and gritty film because then I just because I'm so absorbed and I'm not critiquing it. I just get like dark, not dark and depressed. I get depressed. So make it make me laugh. I don't want to see people dying. I don't want to hear about people's parents dying in alleyways. I just want to uh, again, laugh. <laughs> again. <laughs> and how many times can we see that story, Batman? Yeah. Many times. Uh, more Spider-Man. <laughs> how many times can Uncle Ben die? Uh, I know. Poor Uncle Ben probably like, killed more than any other uncle. <laughs> rip in peace, in Uncle Ben. Cinema. <laughs> oh. um, okay, cool. Well, I, I think, though, the consensus, though, ladies, if we were doing a thumbs up, because we don't do scores or, like, actual ratings, but how do you feel? Thumbs I, up. I would Go do, see it. I would probably do the double thumbs up, even though it wasn't my favorite of the superhero movies. It still was, it was pretty a, good. It was a fun movie. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun for nine fifty in the morning. <laughs> the mimosas definitely. The mimosas made it definitely helped. They were great. So if you haven't had a chance to see it, I will say I'm a big proponent of watching movies at home when they're like comedies or dramas that don't necessarily take advantage of the big screen and the theater sound effects. This is a movie that you should go and see in the theater if you have the opportunity. If it's still playing in your town, I think it's playing in most cities across mm-hmm. the U.S. Yeah. still. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely worth the time. Uh, check it out, Wonder Woman, and um, that'll wrap it up for our off-topic segment for this week. So, if you guys have not yet visited us at www.patreon.com/what'sgoodgames, please do. Please come visit us there. We also have a website, what'sgoodgames.com. Our Twitter account, what's good underscore games. Yep. Yes. Yep. What's Good Games mm-hmm. officials, our Instagram, Facebook.com slash What's Good Games. If you missed any of our E3 coverage from last week on the Facebook Live stage, you can find that on Facebook.com slash E3 Expo. Um, we have some cool stuff coming up for you next week. We will be here all together in the studio Yay. once again. Doing I miss our- you too. I know. It's been like a week. each other so soon. We have... A couple of really cool exclusive Patreon pieces of content coming. We have our happy hour Q&A live stream, mm. could, which could get a little messy. It's going to be a shit show. keep it together. But we'll be taking your questions and having some cocktails. Uh, then we have our after hour stream, which is a, another Patreon exclusive. If you guys want the opportunity to get in on these for next month, you can head on over to our Patreon page and join us. Join our community there. We'd really love to have you. And I'm going to be posting a photo of Alexa's work in progress for the postcard. Oh, for next shit. Month. Oh, God. It's really good. I'm really <laughs> proud of myself. It is really good. The postcards for this it month is. are going out this week. If you are a part of that tier, um, Miss Brittany has designed the postcard for this month. It's pretty great. You guys are going to love it. My best work. Um, uh, ladies, let the uh, let the people know where they can find you. Steimer. I am twitter.com slash Steimer. I'm Steimer on Instagram. I am slash Steimer on YouTube, but I haven't posted there in a while. I need to do that. Uh, and then I'm twitch.tv slash Steimer as well. Brittany? I am all the social medias at Blonde Nerd. Super simple. Alexa Ray. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at, at Alexa Ray C. And also, um, my book is out. Yay! Yay! Her book was published. <gasps> Congratulations. Uh, I wrote a book about Kingdom Hearts. Surprise. And you can buy that at bossfightbooks.com or you can buy it off of amazon.com. And hopefully at some point we'll have something going up somewhere about a lot, uh, the 
the process behind uh, writing it. So yeah. if you want to check it out and then talk to me about it, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. You're a published Yay. author. I am. I'm so excited. I got an ISB number and everything. ISB wow. number and everything. Yeah. Look at big you, time. She's going to get too big for us Never. lovely WGG girls. Never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't leave us. Don't leave me. <laughs> Never. Uh, the best place to catch up with what I've been uh, doing is on Twitter at Andrea Renee. You can find out about uh, all the coverage that I've done on E3 there. You can see links for the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show, which launched this week. Woo! We are now battling in the iTunes charts with our friends at <laughs> Kind of Funny. we got to take them down, ladies. Take Uh-oh. them down. Um, and um, I'm going to be posting some of the other Facebook content that um, I've done on my Facebook page, or excuse me, on my .com. That's AndreaRenee.com. So um, thank you so much to everybody who stuck around to the end. Uh, we love you. Thank you for being part of our community. We'll be back next week with more content. Until then, have a fantastic weekend. 